0: I'm your host, Corrine Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Good morning, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful listeners. I am so happy to be here again today for episode 18. Today, my guest is Lorna Gale, and she is a sexuality and spirituality embodiment mentor, speaker, teacher, and healer. She's a sexological body worker, bondage trainer, somatic mindset coach, and Lorna Gale Brings to her work as a sexual and spiritual embodiment mentor and somatic sex educator a love of learning, a gift for teaching. She was a teacher for 30 plus years, and a passion for sexual and spiritual wholeness inspired by her own journey. Now, Lorna and I have very similar backgrounds, um, religious backgrounds, conservative Christian backgrounds, um, where we were just really programmed to think a certain way about our sexuality. So we'll talk about that. And I really wanted to talk with her about her journey out of that and how she came into like sexology work and and what her journey was to break free sexually, because I think it's really important to understand what it takes to do that and and where we need to start in order to get to that place where we can embrace our sexuality and and become sex positive and recognize that it's not shameful and that we don't need to have shame and guilt around our sexual thoughts and desires and fantasies. And so I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'm so glad to share it with you. I think you're going to really enjoy it. I will put her links in the show notes. In the meantime, if you are a fan of this podcast, which I know a lot of you are, and I'm so thankful to hear that, I would love it if you would go and give us a five-star review on iTunes and just tell people why you love this podcast. I just really want to get our message out there and podcast reviews like iTunes really help to get this podcast out there and help us spread the word. It moves it up on the search list and all that kind of stuff. So I need your help for that. And I would love for you guys to do that. Um, as well as on PodChaser. I think that all goes towards making it more front and center for people to be able to get their hands on this podcast and listen to this. What I think is super important information. So don't forget about the experience coming up. If you have ever, been curious about the lifestyle and I'll put in the little, um, the little blurb for you so you can get more information, but I will put the link in the show notes, um, so that you can go and register. And so you register on the page and then the next page, um, you'll, you'll have the payment link there. So it's all right there, all the information you need. I'm just really excited for you guys to hear this interview this week. This conversation is lovely, breaking free sexually, and I hope you enjoy it. Do I have an exciting opportunity for all of you? Those of you who live near Toronto, this might be just the experience you've been waiting for. Have you considered trying the lifestyle, going to a sex club or experiencing that kind of thing but are nervous and don't know where to start. Well, I have something exciting for you. My Empowered Lifestyle Newcomers VIP experience is back and the next one is November 18th and I would love for you to come and sign up. The link to sign up for this experience will be in the show notes. You can also find it in my bio on Instagram, if you uh, are on my Instagram, if you follow me there, but you must sign up on this website in order to get your tickets. But it's a night of exploration and fun. It's a chance to dip your toes into a new world that offers unlimited possibilities. Sometimes they can be really scary with so many unknowns, but this is why I've created this Empowered Lifestyle Newcomers VIP experience. And it's so important to have a place where you can do this safely. So you might be thinking, what do I wear? Will I know anyone? What happens at these clubs? I'm so nervous. Well, don't worry. All these questions will be answered. This night is about having fun and making amazing new connections, all while feeling very safe and grounded. You don't have to sit by yourself and wonder who you should talk to or what the etiquette is in these situations, because we'll cover all of that. And You won't feel alone in this process. In fact, you will leave having made so many new connections and friendships that you'll wonder why it took you so long to try it out. Are you a single man but don't want to be that guy whenever you go to the club? Well, this night will also enlighten you and help make connections that will shift how you are perceived and how you interact. So this is for couples, for single women, for single gentlemen. All of the above are welcome. So check out the link. I will be there to hold your hand the whole time and talk with you. We have a special VIP section to sit in. We've got bottle service. We have some icebreakers. We get to party at the club and just have a great time. So go to the link and find out what this is all about. I'd love to have you join me. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, Miss Lorna Gale. I am so happy to have you here today and hear your story because I think my listeners will really be excited about your story because it really is similar to mine in a lot of ways. I'm excited to hear just how similar because we've talked a little bit before. But your background is like a lot of my listeners background and uh, fundamentalist Christian or former religious or even still religious and trying to figure out, you know, how how things line up and just a little bit of the cognitive dissonance going on in, in our brains and just sort of in that exploration process of the programming and how it affects us. So I would love for you to tell us who you are and what you do and then I would love to ask you about your story a little bit.
1: All right. Thank you, Karine, And it's just really wonderful to be here. So thank you for the invitation. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I, I think from what we've talked about, you know, very much our stories, there's a real similarity there. And mm-hmm. uh, certainly I came to um, what I call my midlife sexual awakening um, and having come from this place of as a young woman you know wanting to be a wife and a mother that was Mm -hmm. what I wanted to be and and fortunately I got to be that Um, was really blessed with a beautiful husband of 30 years and um, two beautiful daughters that I gave birth to Um, in the midst of all of that um, I think the the big piece of it Crean, was um, the this aspect of and I, I didn't realize it till later it was just you know sort of going into the marriage you know as a as a young woman, you know save yourself for marriage you when I did, mm-hmm. and so getting into the marriage and really realizing that I didn't know that much about my body, my about my sexuality. So um, so interestingly, <clears throat> as it turned out, um, you know, a very wonderful man who you know really like what I've come to understand about men is they have a real heart of service mm-hmm. and um, really want to please and protect and provide for for their women. And, and so my, my young husband, you know, tried to please me and five years into the marriage, you know, I just not really be able to access things, not be able to really hadn't had an orgasm. Mm. Um, And, and so um, he said five years into the marriage, he says, why don't you find out what makes you feel good so you can tell me.
0: Mm. Oh, that's uh, great insight from him. It was, it really was. And, um. He
1: had he had done research, you know, and he said, maybe you're just non-orgasmic. It seems like you know, a large number of women are. Mm-hmm. And he said, maybe you're just that. And and you know, maybe it's just a matter of just being content with what your body can do and where you're at. So I'm gonna skip forward just a little bit in the sense that um as I as I talk about from with his his um his uh invitation to find out. I say, I always say I'm a fast learner, but um, it only took me 20 years to start that journey of learning mm. about my body. And so that's what, as it turned out, I um, I became a um, um, a sexological body worker, a somatic sex educator. And, and that became um, what I do now is I get to support people in connecting to their sexuality, uh, into their embodied experience of who they are, as humans as divine beings and um, and so it's really been that journey
0: wow, what a shift
1: <laughs> <laughs> very much so
0: so and that five year mark did how did you feel when he said that to you to go discover your body <laughs> was, was like alarm <clears throat> bells going on in a <clears throat> way in some ways um it was this
1: sense of I think a high a heightened awareness of I really didn't know my body mm. and that he did want to know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just this um it just wasn't this matter of okay we'll just sort of leave it but you know here he was wanting to connect which is I think really important in relationships mm, when yeah. when there is that difference of of things um where there where there can be that communication. I think at the time that I was just in the midst of you know raising my two daughters and yeah, yeah. you know the business of that my own my own my own self, my own body, my, my own well-being, my own sexuality just was not on my radar as a priority at all. So that was certainly a big piece of that.
0: So how old were you at that five-year mark, if you don't mm, mind me asking?
1: I would have been 24 years old.
0: Wow. So you got married, 19. Yeah, yeah. I got married at 22 yeah. and it was kind of late. <laughs> yeah i kind of waited you know a long time but i to be fair i was engaged before that there i was engaged go. at 19 yeah
1: yeah, yeah i but, remember it um, used to be the thing of you could tell how you could almost tell how p- old people were right every 20 years you know you got married at 20 have children right away and yeah. you know they're 20 so that old thing but yeah
0: yeah it's it's <laughs> funny but like we were really programmed so your background yeah. you said is very conservative fundamentalist christian mm-hmm. what denomination?
1: were you? Uh we were in the um I was in the Nazarene church which oh, is Oh wow, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so pretty pretty conservative co- conservative um as I mentioned, you know, even this whole like dancing was just taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, so even singing songs, you know, in the hymns in the church, you know, you don't dare sway, you know, cuz that was, you know, akin to dancing and even tapping toes i remember you know kind of like okay at least i can kind of do that and it's not necessarily seen you know
0: (laughs) but um yeah i would have died in that environment although i have to say i kind of was because i grew up whenever i lived in canada with the brethren assemblies which are you familiar with the brethren assemblies a little bit
1: yes Yeah. yeah so
0: like lord's supper every week um no music during that service. It's all acapella. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we're all very good at singing harmony, which is great for yeah. my musical yeah. career. Right. Um, yeah. which I, which I have done in the past. Um, but we wore head coverings and it was uh-huh. very, very, very conservative, you know, like women submit to their husbands and, mm-hmm. um, husbands are the head of the home and, mm-hmm. you know, as a wife, I'm the neck. And, and I mean, I took great, great joy and great pride in this role because Mm -hmm. that's what I was taught is this was the most honorable thing. And, and so we're, we're, we grew up going, Oh, I get, I get to be a wife and a mother and this is Mm -hmm. my role. And I think it makes it really easy to kind of forget who you are Mm -hmm. at your core because you've not really ever thought about it. It's like, you've been groomed your whole life Mm-hmm. To be prepared for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh-
1: yes, very much so. And you know, it was actually, I'm gonna say it was probably uh well. I was um in, in that journey of finding out what make what what um makes me feel good when I realized that things weren't clicking in and I just wasn't able to, you know, this male trajectory of orgasm just didn't fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um I began to realize, you know, that like, you know, okay, I was able to access, but I didn't know how to access that energy that was within. I didn't know what it was or how to access it. And so eventually as my girls left the home, mm-hmm. um, that's when it was just time for me to, okay, now it feels like it's time for me to start to explore. So I took some different courses, read some books, and various things along the way. And um, in, in there, in the process of where I encountered um Uh, the body erotic and uh, David data um, Mm. yoga of sex, sexological body work. And that was where I had my, my big awakening. Mm.
0: Um,
1: And it was after that, as I started to look back on, on things is when I started to realize how much that aspect of save yourself for marriage, how profoundly um, that impacted my life. And I have a, a, a an idea that it's similar to you and for our listeners, you know, mm-hmm. for your listeners here. Yes. Because as I started to look back on that, I thought, it's not just about, you know, you being a wife and a mother. I thought it goes so much deeper than that. Because it's, if I'm to save myself for my marriage, that means that my body and my sexuality are not mine. Really? They belong to the husband, they belong to the marriage they're not even mine. So the whole idea of exploring myself, I did not masturbate when I was a teen. Um, Different different urges, you know, as I would read something and this whole thing, it was, um, you know, I'd feel my body respond, but kind of didn't really know about it, didn't explore. And I had to
0: suppress that, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And even to the point that I remember when my husband and I, we would go to a movie, because, you know, we kind of we took a step after we were married, you know, we're, we're kind of we're stepping outside of the bounds, bounds of what we were taught to do, you know, movies were taboo, but we went to a movie, and I remember that there were some that we went to, and I would watch, even if it was somebody kissing you know, on the movie, I would get just really turned on, and I said to my husband, for me, again, that programming of um, mm. my my body, my sexuality is from my husband. So therefore, if I got turned on by someone or something, including something on the movie, that it was sinful. Right. So it became this thing of, I told my husband, if I ever get turned on by a movie, we are not having sex that, tonight. What? Yeah. So best. So instead, exactly, exactly. Because it was kind of like it was it Was
0: bringing sin into right, the and, yeah. and you might bring that to your union, yeah. which is yeah. incidentally yeah. sacred, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like I say,
1: it goes so so deep, and even now, um, my, my former husband and I um have been unmarried for uh 13 years, okay, and um, I've been married to another wonderful man for nine years, it's coming up to nine years this month, hmm. and um, and even still, I'm finding how deeply ingrained it is for that um, I am responsible for, and I think a lot of the women will will um, res- re um, resonate resonate oh, with yeah. this mm-hmm. that um, that our job as wife as mother, uh, particularly as um, wife is to make sure that we're taking care of the husband and it's our responsibility you know his well-being his happiness his mm. satisfaction mm-hmm. all of those things and even various things over these years still i'm realizing how deeply that's ingrained um how deeply well what happens if just kind of can i just be present to myself but what happens if can i just be present mm. what do i need in this moment but but and just kind of so it's just been this this incredible journey of continuing to go on. I remember I'm gonna say about 25 years ago, one of my nieces was being married, and at her reception, one of my sisters uh, read out a thing from a, um, a home ec journal from the 1950s, 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, when your husband, you know, <laughs> prior to him arriving home, right, make yeah. sure you've changed your clothes, you've brushed your hair, you're neat and tidy. Um, dinner is cooking in the oven. So he's greeted by that fragrance. He got his slippers, his newspapers already. Mm-hmm. And when he comes in, make sure you ask him about his day, make sure that he's cozy and comfortable. Do not approach him with anything that happened in your day. You could perhaps share that later on. And people around me were just laughing and laughing. And I sat there crying. Mm-hmm. Tears were literally running down my face. And I thought,
0: that's how I've lived. I thought that's how I'm supposed to be. Oh, I resonate with that so much. Like I can feel my body. Like I'm, I'm getting choked up right now too because, in that teaching, what I learned is to not pay attention to my body and how I felt, and so I would get resentful. But then that was sinful in my mind, you know, like I wasn't grateful for the wonderful man that that he was. And and I'm on this journey of separation as well. So we were married 22 years before we separated. So technically we've still been, we're still married. It's mm-hmm. been 25 years. Um, and we share a home still and just just because of covid and, and the circumstances of everything. But again, we we consciously uncoupled and mm-hmm. it's not we're not enemies. But boy is the healing process different when you're faced with that person every day mm-hmm. in your home. Um and I I'm grateful for it in a lot of ways because it's made me really have to confront this feeling of selfishness that I feel when I want to check in with myself Mm -hmm. because of my programming. And I realized that like my way to show love, you know, was, well, physical touch is my love language, but my way to show love, his being acts of service and my training as a, you know, to be a Christian wife, you know, I would bring the slippers to the door and I would have the, you know, the candles and supper, tried to have supper. And now I have ADHD. So like any kind of schedule, the, the harder I try, the more frazzled the schedule get like mm-hmm. dinner's never ready at the time. I think it's going to be, cause like, I just have trouble planning with that, but I would try so hard and I would beat myself up so hard mm-hmm if things weren't kind of perfect when he walked in the door because he would get physically irritated. You could see it in his body, the Mm -hmm. stress, if things were at all chaotic when he walked in. And I lived with that every day thinking that this was normal and my fault and that I wasn't doing a good enough job. Never once checking in on why I would have a monthly breakdown and cry and cry and feel so disconnected and feel unvalued and all these things, and it's just both of our programming and both of our, you know, societal and especially religious programming for the both of us. I mean, we met at Bible school, right? So, like, you go to bridal school to meet your husband, right? Like, that's the mm-hmm. that's the the underlying thing that's not really why you go but it's really why you go right like and if you leave bible school unmarried you failed in some That's way right. right yeah um so anyways it's it's not my story right now but i i just want to say that like it took me a long time to recognize that it's not just him that needs to feel comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's okay for me to want to feel comfortable and to have my needs looked after too. And, and I don't have to wait till I freak out, you Mm -hmm. know, out of just like, just complete desperation, feeling so empty that speaking up for your needs and being aware of what you need and, and lovingly and authentically sharing that is so important. But again, that breaks all the programming rules as Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. That's true. And I, you know, I think in some
1: ways it does also cream for the men because Mm -hmm. they've grown up in a certain way. And one of the things I say, you know, when I'm speaking and um, you know, even when I'm working individually with couples or with with individuals um, is that the patriarchy is not men. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we sort of have this idea. And so when we look at um, what the patriarchy has um, provided, um, it's provided an opportunity for each of us, you know, and and I right now talking as if there's a a polarity, a duality of masculine and feminine, male, female, female, male. There's not, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. as we know, there's, you know, a real range. We come in different body shapes and Mm -hmm. and types and yet um, who we are sexually, um, gender wise is across the whole board.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That, that I think that also that the men and I, Um, The men also have, I'm going to use the word suffered, have Mm -hmm. suffered from the patriarchy, from our religious societal Mm -hmm. um, conditioning. And one of the reasons, and I think about a couple right now that um, I'm in contact with and in in dialogue with um, frequently. They have also, you know, she was raised in a very conservative religious background as well. Mm -hmm. You know, this whole thing about save yourself for marriage. Mm-hmm. these various things he growing up you know the man being the provider and they have um they've been married i think probably maybe 10 12 years have a beautiful family together and she realized i don't want to be married anymore mm-hmm. um and so they have it was a bit of a shock you know um but it was really her starting to step into her truth they have beautifully um chosen to they have uncoupled and they are chosen choosing to co-parent. So they're living in the same home and co-parenting their family. Mm-hmm. Yep. And beautiful, you know, they work through things. One of the things that he's mentioned is that aspect of you know when it um when it comes time to the different tasks, you know, that everybody does in the home, you know, her list is so long and his is this, you know, because work was his job. Mm-hmm. And so he is just so consciously beautifully, you know, making that shift, how do we try to do it? How can I support you? How can I be there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, I've come to to realize, I think we all do in some ways, perhaps in different degrees, but this whole idea of seeing there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so years ago, I stepped away from the church, from religion, Mm -hmm. and really embraced this spiritual journey and Mm -hmm. this spiritual um, human experience. And what I've come to see is that <clears throat> that there's really a beautiful mirroring of what we see as the feminine female, masculine male, that really beautifully parallels um, our divine human experience in the sense that that we have been taught to look outside of ourselves, look outside of ourselves for God, you know, in the garden of Eden, you know, here's this Mm -hmm. whole thing, you know, here's a woman who tempts, you know, man and leads him astray, you know, so right away, there's a story that, that um, the woman is at fault for the fall of humankind. And, um, you know, her, she's a real temptress and man must be, must be um, wary. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And then this, this, this separation from God, And so what I really, as a as an avid story um, reader, since I was a child, as a teacher in the school system, writing was my specialty and, you know, teaching kids to do this. And my, my mentors along the way always bring up this aspect of story. In our world right now, there's this whole thing about, you know, acknowledging our story.
0: Mm.
1: And what I start to see and recognize and really appreciate is the story of our religion how it has really beautifully um, turned us away from (laughs) where our truth is.
0: It's interesting that, yes, (laughs) I like the way you say that. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, in in religion, we're taught to deny ourselves and to turn the other cheek and and to honor other people and all these mm-hmm. things which is which are all wonderful things right but if you don't pay attention to yourself mm-hmm. you become someone that you really aren't <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like you become mm-hmm. all the things that you want people to see you as that you perceive as being the right way, or, you know, we're conditioned to think that this is more honorable than this or whatever. And we forget to look inside. And so like the work that I've done in the past couple of years have been so much of like connecting my, my head, my, my mind to my body because I was forced to shut my body off from mm-hmm. the equation, you know, oh, don't follow your heart. That can lead you astray. Um, And for someone who is a very emotional, loving, open person, to shut off your heart is like mm-hmm. asking you to shut off who you are, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. then you're taught you can't trust yourself and you can't trust. And so who do you trust? Well, I trust the trusted the logical one in our relationship and that was my husband mm-hmm. and I stopped thinking for myself and I'm a very intelligent person and I see the world in a completely different way than he does mm-hmm. and I started to question everything that I thought and believed now there there's a part to that that I'm really thankful that his logical side came in and and sort of started the process of us really looking at our faith mm-hmm. um, because he just was like, some things aren't adding up to me. And I was like, what? I was blissfully unaware. No, no, it's all great. you know. <laughs> um, but the fact that he was like reasoning through some of these things um, and questioning some of the things that we've been taught, I was like, oh, this is scary territory. First of all, like you heathen, what are you doing? You know, like questioning God or anything like that. It was just so crazy and scary. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I respected him so much that these shifts, I was like, this doesn't just come from nowhere. Like maybe I'm just not willing to open my mind up to anything else. And, And who am I to have to say everybody else in the world needs to question their faith. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to, like, if my faith is real and God's real, he's, it's going to stand up the test. It's going to, because (laughs) why wouldn't it, if, if I have the absolute truth, then it has to stand the test. Right. And that is the hardest question to ask because we ask you know, like what, what if it, we talked about vulnerability last week in last week's podcast and sitting in the rumble, it's mm-hmm. like vulnerability is like being willing to put yourself out there and accept an answer that you don't necessarily want. Like mm. hopes that you'll get a certain answer and hopes that someone will, will meet you where, where you are. But yeah. the reality is that they might not. And that is a clarifier. Well, the same thing is like, what if God doesn't, Meet me where I'm at, or what if I what if it doesn't match? What if it doesn't work? Like the scariest thing in the world because my whole life, my whole existence was built on every single word of the Bible to be true. Mm-hmm. And I was told there was no errors and there was no anything. And I was like, I was like an all or nothing. Like, I mean, those like Catholics weren't Christian, right? Like, they they didn't believe. All the things they picked and choose, you know, or they Mm -hmm. believe that works is what makes you saved. But I know that it has nothing to do with me. It's only by God's grace and Him dying on the cross for me. And it's like nothing that I can do. I'm a worm, I'm a filthy rag, and only Christ has made me white as snow. Right. And so these beliefs that really you have nothing to offer of yourself, Mm -hmm. you are nothing. And this is supposed to be a beautiful thing to just embrace the Lord to save you and rescue you. So like we're taught from such a young age to be this damsel in distress as women on top of now we're the submissive ones Mm -hmm. and the men have to take on this role of being caretakers and providers and all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just so much pressure. And this is why, To me, breaking free authentically is so important to me because authenticity means you have to know who you are in order to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And that means looking inwards. And that Mm -hmm. is hard when we've been taught that that's selfish or wrong or prideful or all of the things. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about sex in this whole equation because. I mean, just living our own truth and questioning or anything, that's wrong. But that's not even considering the whole quote-unquote sinful aspect of sex and how sex is so terrible. And if you lust in your mind, you've already lusted, and that's just as bad. You know, if you think about having an affair with someone, it's as bad as having the affair. And what is an affair even, you know, like, I mean, I like to break all of these things down, like what constitutes an affair and why? And at the end of the day, it's the dishonesty. That's what it comes down to because you get to choose what your, what your parameters are, what you allow in your relationship and what you don't allow. So let's talk about sex and sort of breaking free sexually and how do we get there and how do we, embrace who we are, how does that process even start when we've been conditioned Mm -hmm. to to not even go there for sure? Yeah,
1: Yeah. such a great question. And it seems like um, I know for myself, and I think it seems to be um, relevant and applicable to a lot of people who come to me in my practice as well, in my work, is that there seems to be this growing um, sense of discontent or an Mm. awareness that there's something more there's and it's it's not just about not being happy or not not a sense of gratitude but it's just this it's maybe it's maybe it's what that um, seed feels like you know as it's starting to grow through the in the soil you know starting to break through in the seed and that little plant there's something that's there that's just feels really alive and i can't figure out what it is i don't know what it is and it yet it just keeps coming back. And no matter how much we try to deny it, it just keeps, you no, know, there's something there. So that's what it seems to be. I know when, um, when women arrive to me, um, to work with me, it's this aspect. I just want to connect to my sexuality. There's a sense I just want to, and, and these are sometimes with partners, like that they may be in a relationship or not same mm-hmm. sex or not. Um, sometimes it's the men that will be there. They will, um, they'll, They'll arrive and say, "I want to be able to last longer for my my partner or mm-hmm. um you know various things different um labels that they'll come with but it's it so it seems to be this aspect of this recognition that there's something more I don't know what it is or some people just wanna I'm ready to explore, but when they're coming from this religious background mm-hmm. it's it's more this sense of. There's something here and I just can't deny it. No matter how much we try to tamp it down or ignore it, you know, how it seemed wrong. It's just it has a life of its own Mm -hmm. that cannot and will not be denied. And so that it's almost there where people will turn to it and start to um, start to then give it awareness. And how does it start to show up? Mm. I think that's a big part of what it was Um, certainly for me in my marriage. It was just this recognition that I just needed to go and explore these things. I needed to take these, these classes, these things. Um, And uh, for me, it was an actually an interesting thing. My husband at the time, my former husband, when I did take my training, um, And it meant that for me as a somatic sex educator, as -hmm. a sexologist, that I would be having my hands on other people and to be able to support them in their embodied Mm -hmm. experience. And he just wasn't comfortable with that. And Mm -hmm. I honor that, that, you know, he got to live his truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he said, okay, that doesn't work for me, you know, what are you going to choose? And for me, I just really felt like I just need to keep on going in this journey uh, Mm -hmm. for my own sake. And then now looking back how, you know, the hundreds of people I've been able to be a support to Mm -hmm. uh, in my work. In terms of this, the thing about sexuality, I think it really becomes um, this aspect of starting to look at things from another perspective. And one of the programs that I'm going to be um, putting out here soon just really starts to look at how do we look at things from a more natural thing rather than this, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I I talk about we come from sex. Mm -hmm. So why is sex all of a sudden bad and good? You know, it's it's this source of life, and we preserve and hold on to life for, you know, for all that we can. And so...
0: don't you think that really what we're saying is desire is wrong?
1: Um, I think it's in some ways desire and um, desire and the action on it, Mm -hmm. as well as even the types, right? So if sex belongs as, as in religious context, it's um, man on top missionary position, you know, and, you know, like kind of, wow, if the woman's on top, like, whoa, well, you know, it's a little bit out of the box type thing. So this whole aspect of desire um, and, you know, a woman's desire is to be for her husband. What right. if it's elsewhere? What if it's for herself? Then and it's you know, How many women exactly? And so a woman being disconnected from her own sexuality, um, certainly it puts this conflict within her body. And I think sometimes our bodies start to show us in, um, different things like illnesses you know Mm -hmm. what seems to be illnesses or different things that that are these um gifts the way I look at them is these gifts to say there's something else I think that um the way that I use um the word hone is um when we think about a knife a knife has you know all of its edges and when we want to sharpen it we you know put along we think sometimes it's taking off those metal edges mm-hmm. those the it's actually that the metal edges are out of alignment so i'm going to put it here so you can see they're out of alignment so we sharpen mm-hmm. it is actually just putting things back into alignment so we have that sharp edge again mm-hmm. and um and that's when the knife can be used most effectively and um to hone a knife h-o-n-e those are the first four and we talk about um being aligned within. And hone is the first four letters of honest. Mm. And so we are aligned within. um, We are honed within. And so honesty is an inside job. Mm. And no matter how much we try to try to do that, if there's something inside that's going, "Mm, mm, mm," that's, that's our first opportunity is to be able to be honest with what's happening within mm-hmm. and whether that means we get to talk it out with our partner or a trusted friend mm-hmm. or, you know, a counselor or something, or, a, you know, um, somebody who's in our line of work that to be able to um, to be able to say, there's something here. I'm feeling, I want to do this. I'm feeling this urge to do this. And I think that then it becomes this aspect of looking at those thoughts. And, you know, we talk about the thoughts, that what we have been taught are they ours? Do we do we own them? And at what point? And I think that that mm-hmm. becomes this piece of because what I find is that overall, if people act on those desires, if they have those desires and they act on them or not, but just to have those desires, unless they come back into coming into their own truth, trying to determine what is true for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That for them to do anything, to continue one way or the other, or act on anything, then it puts on more guilt, more mm-hmm. guilt. So mm-hmm. it becomes this journey of the inner work of mm-hmm. whose story is this? Whose belief is this? Yeah. And is it true for me? It might have been true for me. It served its purpose. hmm is it still true for me? And if not, then, then just walk a path. And um, in the case of my mine, you know, my husband, it wasn't a path that he wanted to walk. Mm-hmm. So, it meant I got to walk on my own. So, we, mm-hmm. you know, happily and, you know, supportively, yeah, there was, there was heart, heartache and, you know, mm-hmm. I wish we could. And I remember saying, I wish we could both be true to ourselves and, you mm-hmm. know, stay together. And, That wasn't the case for us. We had a had different paths. We're still, you know, we're we're in great, great relationship now, you know, his wife and my husband, and you know, connect and and um and yet at the same time it was a I realized it was a path I had to walk Mm -hmm. on my own. And for I think a lot of people, it it becomes this um this question, this invitation to oneself is um, is this a path I'm willing to take? even if it means Mm -hmm. I need to step out on my own.
0: And Uh, that's super scary, right? And and I think that holds people back from authenticity so often. And I think this is why I'm so passionate about calling it breaking free authentically, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, because you do have to break free, first of all, from this mentality that everybody else knows the answers for you. Yeah. And that is such a hard unraveling right there, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. as women, yeah, particularly as conservative Christian women that have been told their whole lives how to think, who to be, who's mm-hmm. right. Like God, God is the one who has all the answers. We don't know anything, right? right? right. We just regurgitate what we've been taught our whole mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. And so to all of a sudden be challenged to think for yourself, that it—that it's like all mm-hmm. the blocks come up, like all the, That's right. you know, you're, you're talking about trauma response. It's like, what? No, 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 yeah. no, no. I'm not allowed to think for myself. And so mm-hmm. what I do with my clients is, is start this process of like unraveling mm-hmm. and questioning to the point where all of a sudden we can, take a look and be like, okay, well, what, what is it that Lorna actually wants? You know, what does Lorna actually want? And, mm-hmm. and let's talk about that. Like, let's pretend it may never happen. And that's fine. Like that's, that's not the, that's not the important part. Dream a little bit, fantasize yeah. a little bit. Yeah. What do you desire? Like best case scenario, if there was no consequences to anything, what is it that you yeah. would like? Mm -hmm. you know, and says like, I just want to hug, you know, I just want to be seen for who I am Mm -hmm. and not told what to think or how to be. Um, And that's the start, right? Is to just kind of allow your mind to go there for a second. I remember when I was, was uh, deconverting, I felt like I was in the Christian box, right? And then I would step out of the box Mm -hmm. and I would look in and I'd be like, "Whoa, there's some weird shit going on in there. <laughs> that yeah. looks so weird from out here." And then I'd be like, <gasps> "What am I doing out here?" I and I jump back in the box because you know, like, I didn't feel like I would get smit, what smitten, a smite, whatever, a <laughs> lightning bolt thrown at me. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> I was like, you know, I can't, I, I'm not allowed to question mm-hmm. this, you know, because. Mm-hmm that's not being a good girl. That's not being a good Christian mm-hmm. person who has faith like a child and doesn't question anything. Right. Yeah. That was revered, right? Yeah.
1: Very true. Very true. Um, yeah. And I, I love the way that we, um, yeah, that we get to support people, right. In our mm-hmm. work to be able to do that. One of the foundational things that I do as well is um, what I call the cube of consent built on, um, the, um, game by three minute game by joseph kramer and then further developed into the wheel of consent by betty martin Mm. and um but it's basically just three things like you know number one using just the hand because there's Mm. so many senses in the hand Mm. um you know to be able to just touch hand to hand and number one is the question do you want to be touched rather than assuming do you Mm. want to be touched and and it's really about because even as children um we've been, our our ability to have our voice, our consent um, yeah. listened to is overridden, right? in terms rude. of, yeah, it's yeah. And, you, you know, go say bye to grandma. I don't want to go say bye to grandma. I don't want to, yeah. you know, and it's kind of like, no, you know, so we're not even as children in seemingly um, wonderful ways. It's often that consent, uh, that um, sovereignty of body and mm-hmm. soul is overridden. And and so it's to really allow adults, you know, these these child um, experiences, child traumas to be able to be acknowledged and reignited as adults. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, do you want touch and what kind of touch and kind of it's amazing how people, men and women, what kind of touch would you like? Wow, I've never been asked that before, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just kind of I don't know. It's OK. I'll just I'll just I'll be here with you. You let me know when you know. Like, is it okay if I, if you do it this way? What would you like? You don't Mm. have to ask my permission for what you want. It's what would you like? Can I have this? If that's what you would like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? So it's really going down to some really simple things. And, And I think a big part of it when it comes to sex is when we're doing this activity, we don't even, like the genitals are not even involved for multiple times along the way, you know, whether they're here in session or, you know, with a partner. Why? Because it's so important that the whole body gets it before the genitals because there's so much, so much um, connected to our sense of who we are by genitals. And it's just kind of like, no, let's, let's connect to your whole body.
0: I think especially in women, if our body's not connected to our genitals, it doesn't like for me yeah. it does not work you know like yeah. if yeah. you go straight for my genitals yeah i'm like yeah. get away
1: like yeah, I, d- that
0: true. does not it's like i have to open up my body and allow i guess it's it's now it's like i'm asking the question okay so if if i'm being touched like am i going to allow that am i am i in a place where i can receive that Mm -hmm. touch and is that touch for an ulterior purpose or is that because I'm being seen at this moment Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just want raw you know fun what uh, extracurricular type sex right but like sometimes it's just like the body can be awoken awakened awakened (laughs) can be awakened yeah through this idea that you're allowed to accept something and I'd never felt like I was allowed to have a say in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would always feel bad asking for what I actually wanted Mm -hmm. because well, well, especially if I was the one initiating, like who am I to initiate? And then you know, mm-hmm. want to get touched or, mm-hmm. or not be ready to go, you know, like, yeah, like, if you're going to initiate, you better be turned on. I, I just mm-hmm. want to connect. Like, I just yeah. want our souls and our bodies to connect on some kind of level. And, and I love how you say, like, if, you know, just put your hand there and feel your hand, like just that alone is a sensation. Yeah, so th- sure. that's the first part you said in this, um, cube
1: one yeah, there's the um, the aspect of what kind of touch would you like, and you know, you know whether you know whatever they ask for, you know it's to you know maybe it's with nails, you know along mm. the way, maybe it's nails, maybe it's can you, you know stretch my fingers, you know can you just caress lightly or squeeze, you know whatever it is, okay you know checking in is that a touch i can give with a full and open heart and if so mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think one of the reasons as well kareen that it's so important that we start to have these dialogues not only you and i you know that we're sharing it um, and your mm-hmm. listeners are being able to to um to hear and to have some things to implement um but it's also important that the communication happens within ourselves that mm-hmm. we can you know like what kind of touch would i like what, you know, and so this idea of Mm -hmm. taking the taboo of self-pleasuring or, you know, Mm -hmm. our personal erotic practice being like, let's start at home. Because if I don't know what makes me feel good, you know, how can I share that with somebody else? And Mm -hmm. what I've come to understand about um, the masculine as well is it's there to please and to serve. Mm -hmm. And men love to be successful, you know, give them a challenge that they can be successful at, even if it means doing there. So as women, when we can explore. Mm-hmm. Or invite you know a partner to explore with us, then it helps the man because no man wants to be just kind of you know in fumbling, out of the room and, fumbling and kind of <laughs> hey, what's this doing? You know, type thing. Like, give her, give her, you know, some directions. So, as women, as we can truly desire, um, own our desire, mm-hmm. whether it's and it doesn't have to be blatantly sexual, it can yeah. be just you know, I love when you just you know, kiss my neck, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a big part of it is women often will clamp up. Like when a guy comes and you know, kisses her neck, it's kind of like, oh, he just kind of like, oh, he wants sex. What he's saying is, I want to give myself to you. Mm -hmm. How can I be here in service and love to Mm -hmm. you? And so when we understand the heart of men, when we understand that we as women truly in divine nature It is our divine nature to lead, to be embodied. Mm -hmm. And so when we can say, this is what I would like, because that's what spirit does. Mm -hmm. Spirit comes into human form and says, I want to have this experience. Mm -hmm. I want this body. I want to have this experience. So we as feminine in these woman bodies get to say, this is what I would like. The man says, how can I please you? Mm -hmm. I want to be there to please you. And really,
0: like, I just want to be clear with my listeners, like, like, Feminine isn't necessarily just woman, no. and masculine isn't men. We all embody yeah. it's an it's an energy, right? And I think we've labeled it as feminine yeah. and masculine only yeah. because more women tend to be, you know, the the feminine energy, and more men tend to be in the masculine energy. Um, but I think it's really important to to distinguish that. It is not, you know, you can have a woman, a completely masculine energy absolutely, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. She just needs to understand that the type of energy in which we come to experiences with is mm-hmm. super, super important to, to yeah. know and understand. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, the, the embodying of sort of both energies yeah. is so important. Um, I know that one of the things like you're talking about just being really clear about what it is that you want mm-hmm. and I think that's the comment I get the most from from men that I'm talking to um or you know having sexual experiences with is is the fact that I can so clearly define and explain what it is that my body responds to and likes mm-hmm. and they're like wow yeah. I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to share that because that helps me yes. and I'm so glad that you're that you understand yourself and that yeah. you know what you like because that makes my job a lot easier and you just feel them relaxing around me and Thank they you. get more vulnerable and more um intuitive and, and it's like you can you can feel all this stress sort of leaving the situation and it, it creates a much more unified connected experience even if it's Just for play or just for fun or there's no like necessarily uh, emotions connected with that, you know, Um, and the fact that I can guide them and Mm -hmm. that they can trust that if I don't like something, I'm going to move them gently or I'm going to say something um, allows them to experiment more. Yeah. Um. But there's nothing worse than someone saying, oh, I know how to do this and I'm right. going to be the best lover you ever had. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. don't know my body at all because it's not like other bodies. And it's taken me a long time to figure out my own body. So yes. you might want to take a, <laughs> a page yeah. in my book. If mm-hmm. you'd like to be successful, but sure, go ahead and tell me you're the best and that you know everything about women. Um, and those are the people that really I'm not going to engage with because that's not the energy that I exactly that yeah. I am into. Um, but all that to say that women er, men tend to respond well to a woman being confident about her own desires and her own needs exactly. rather than put off by it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think insecurity says- I'm put off by that and insecurity and ego says, you, you can't tell me what to do. Right. Um, and insecurity when you're sharing those things sounds like criticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. sounds like, you know, blaming someone mm-hmm. for the fact that you're not having the right kind of pleasure. And part of that is because you actually don't feel like you deserve pleasure or that there's something right. wrong or there's something shameful in that. So it's really interesting to unpack all of that because I know that some of my patterns were very much about that. Um, oh, we're oh we're out of time and I hate that, but um, we'll have to talk again. But before we that. go, is there anything else that you would like to leave us with? Um, and I will give you a chance to share like where they can find you as well, but just like a nugget that if you could go back to your what 19-year-old self and and share something that would transform your sexuality
1: mm-hmm.
0: what would that thing be um first word that
1: comes is feel mm. and that taps into both feel the desire feel the emotion feel the sensation and this goes no matter what body you're in
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: just for everybody because Mm -hmm. you know women have been taught it's okay to feel emotional but it's not okay to feel sexual for men it's okay to feel sexual but it's not okay to feel emotional and so it's just this idea of just come back home and
0: feel yeah Mm -hmm. oh I love it thank you thank you so much for that all right Lorna before we go can you tell us if someone wants to get a hold of you I feel like what I do is like the start of this process and then to really get into the sexuality Mm -hmm. piece, you're the next step. You know, like I open up people's minds to the Mm -hmm. whole idea that things can be different. You have choices and let's create your relationship the way that you want. And some might be hung up on the sexuality aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. I can help with some of that, but I'm not a sexologist Mm -hmm. and I would love to be able to do everything, but I can't. Um, So, how can people find you and work mm. more intensely mm-hmm. on their sexuality? And yeah, you know.
1: thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, so, uh, by email it's lorna at lornagale.com. Um, I have um, on Facebook, um, I have um, erotically alive, mm. uh, and I have a private Facebook group for women there that's called. Um, Reclaiming Eden. So it's mm-hmm. after groups, it's I am Reclaiming Eden. And um, I have a page on a couple of different sites um, that would be um, Trusted Body Work um, okay. and uh, Lorna Gale on there. And as well, for those people who are saying there's something else I want to do, I'm ready to do it. I'm actually, actually on, on bondage as well. Nice. So for people who are um, looking to explore some different flavors and you spiciness, bet. absolutely, yeah. awesome, yeah.
0: So. And you're so soft-spoken and everything. I'm sure people would be like, "What?" So, like, <laughs> you guys, kink is for everyone. It's it is yeah. such a cool process, but that'll yeah. be another podcast. Lorna has that. to go. I will put all these links in the show notes, and so you can find them there. And uh, I'm just so excited to have had you here for this conversation. It's and we'll have to awesome. do it again. Soon. Yeah, I would love to look forward to it. Karine. Okay. Thank love you, so much. you, Lorna. Okay. Thank love you. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. For now. Isn't Lorna just such a beautiful soul? She's just so calm and, and confident and has this way of seeing people. And she just, when you're with her, You feel like she really hears you and sees you, and it's just such a beautiful quality that she has, and um, I just love her to death, and I'm excited to work with her in the future. We have some exciting ideas coming up. We are wanting to do a retreat, and so you're going to have to wait and keep your ears peeled for for that information, and that, that will be coming later on. Um, but yeah, she just is so lovely and I'm so glad I got a chance to, uh, have it, have a talk with her. And so I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope you really got a, a lot out of today's podcast and could relate in some way, especially if you're a woman that was in, grew up in the church. Um, so much of that is so, so real and it's really tough to break free from that. So I hope that this can help you get started on sort of unraveling some of the teaching and the the conditioning that you've had. And men, I hope that this helps you as well to really give you insight into what some of this programming is. And for those of you who have never been religious, it's, it's real. It's a really big thing to work through some of this programming. I mean, you know that just in our society, there is so much shame and guilt around sexuality. So imagine coming from a very conservative religious background, just how much more undoing you have to do in your thinking. So um, I challenge you to be sensitive to those who grew up religious in very conservative homes Um, And just be patient with them. If you're married to someone who was religious, know that a lot of that conditioning is really playing into their shame or their ability to just break free sexually. So um, that is one of the things that I love to work on with people is just to start to unravel and open up that process of getting to know yourself and really connecting with who you are And loving who you are and finding your own voice so that you can be authentic, so you can be sex positive without shame, so you can find your community, and then so you can design the relationship that suits you that might look taboo or that might not fit the norm that box of monogamy and maybe monogamy is what you want, but you just want to be free sexually and you want to be able to live authentically within your marriage um, or your relationship. Those are all things that we can work on. So please message me, reach out to me, my six week mentoring. That's a great place to start. If you're not sure where to start, if you know that you are ready to just jump in and you just want to do a whole redesign of your relationship, um, you can talk to me about my relationship redesign program. And that is a year long program. And it's like pretty awesome. The stuff that we get to do in that program, there's some traveling, there's experiencing, um, some luxury places to dip your toes into this world. And, um, there's just a lot. So reach out to me and tell your friends about this podcast. Tell everyone that, you know, and let's just spread this message. I think it's important. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to let you go this week, but thank you for joining me once again. I love you all. As I say, remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Love you. See you next week. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.